This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so we're here with Scott Pressler. He's the hashtag the persistence. And Scott is in Austin, Texas. And he is, you know, traveling around the country, cleaning up homeless camps and just promoting the conservative message. Man, Scott Pressler, welcome to Austin, Texas. Oh, Michael, I'm so glad to be here. You know, I never thought I'd grow up to be a professional trash picker upper. (laughs) (laughs) What is that like? Uh, It's crazy. I'm in a whirlwind. I'm here with you. I just got off a plane of Lubbock. I've been in Dallas, Waco, Austin. I'm going to Houston. My life is crazy, but I'm ready to come and talk it. I I tell you, you're uh, you're doing the the trash pickup of the state of Texas. It's just crazy (laughs) right now. Crazy. All right, so, you know, Scott, tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, how did you get started uh, with this movement? Well, let's go back to 2012. It was President Obama who inspired me to become a community organizer, but nice. on the right side. Because I told myself when he was reelected, I created my Twitter account that night. And for those of you who are listening who don't know, I have 368,000 followers. So Twitter's been a very important piece of my life. And I told myself, you can sit at home, Michael, and you can whine and complain, or you can do something about it. So I started volunteering. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Si se puede. See, I started volunteering with the Republican Party, fell in love with politics. Then I moved to Galveston, Texas in 2014 to help elect Governor Greg Abbott. Wow, nice. I know, you didn't know that. Now I'm a boot boy. I got boots under these tables right here. (laughs) I'm ready to go. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Spent two years of my life working to defeat Hillary Clinton, and now I'm traveling across the country teaching voter registration and picking up Democrat cities. Wow. Man, and okay, and so now there was a change in your life right around the time of the pulse shoot. Yes. Is that correct? Uh, so what, you know, what changed? So in 2016, uh, the Pulse nightclub terrorist attack happened in Orlando, Florida. And I wasn't publicly out. I am a a gay Republican, but I wasn't at that time out. And after the nightclub shooting, I saw on Twitter, gays for Trump was trending and everybody was making fun of it. And they were saying, you know, oh, how could somebody be gay Republican? So at that point, you know, right now my hair is so long, majestic, this flowing mane, this beautiful luscious locks, but it didn't always look like this. It was a lot shorter. And so I, something came over me. I took a selfie of myself. And I was looking good. I had my wife beater. I had my red Make America Great Again hat on. And I said, we do exist. 
hashtag gays for Trump posted the picture, it went viral. Wow. That picture and that moment is the moment my life changed forever. And the picture went viral. And I always say it was the best day of my life and it was the worst day of my life because I was embraced with love by the Trump community. But that's the day that the death threats started and people started attacking me and they said, you know, I hope ISIS throws you off of a building. Oh, wow. And I hope I was bad. I hope uh, you get AIDS and die. Oh, my goodness. They said the worst things to me. And it was a wake up call because, you know, um, we hear from the liberals that they're loving and tolerant and accepting. But in, in reality, at that moment, it was the the Trump Christian community that was embracing me in my time of grievance right. over the Pulse nightclub attack. Wow. And, and that's 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 pretty amazing. And, and you know, happy and sad all in, in, in one <laughs> shot there, you know, it, because, you know, how how do people you're right. You know, they're supposed to be the the party, you know, the Democrat Party, the party that's of acceptance and all that stuff. And and, and all that hate just because you you're supporting a different candidate. <laughs> no. Well, it gets better. So let's talk for a second about the fact that I helped pick up 12 tons of trash in 12 hours in the city of Baltimore. Wow. 12 tons? 12 tons, baby. 12 tons. Good thing we're on the radio because that's a lot of stuff. Yes, it is. (laughs) That's a ton. That's a ton. (laughs) That's 12 tons of stuff right there, let me tell you. But let's talk for a second about hate coming from an act of love. You know, the Baltimore Sun, after we picked up all that trash, they wrote a scathing editorial actually criticizing me for picking up trash. Wow. Okay. 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 Yeah, I know. Now. now. (laughs) Probably because that highlights the fact that the city is just filled with trash. (laughs) Even though you went to pick it up, it shows that it's just dirty there. Well, and, you know, here's this private citizen who, with one tweet, I put out a tweet and said, well, I'm going to go to the city of Baltimore, even if it's just me standing on the street corner picking up trash. I figured it was going to be my mom and dad (laughs) and me picking up trash. But no, there was so much love from that tweet. I had people all across the country. Again, that tweet went viral from one person and one tweet. We did something amazing and they said, I want to help. So on that day in August, we had people flow in from Utah. People drove in from Ohio, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Maryland, Virginia, New Hampshire, Florida. Literally the entire country came together uh, in an act of love to help the city and the Baltimore Sun. I guess they couldn't handle all that love. So they criticized this long-haired millennial, but it's okay because you know what I did? I got invited on Dana Perino and my hair was looking so good. It was straight ironed. I was ready to go. And I said, Dana, I'm here to invite cordially the Baltimore Sun to come help us on our second cleanup. Do you think the Baltimore Sun came to help us? No. No. (laughs) Then I did a Trump move because we went back for a third cleanup because just like our president, I'm a promises made, promises kept kind of guy. And I wrote a letter to the editor in the Baltimore Sun inviting the Baltimore Sun to come help us clean up. And they actually published it. Do you think they came and helped us? No. No. (laughs) Oh, wow. But it's okay because I've been able to show consistently, look, Big government is not going to be there to take care of you. We right. as private citizens can empower ourselves to do ourselves. Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. And, and <laughs> it, man, you you're doing good. <laughs> you're, you're, well, thank you're, you. You're, you're doing great. You know, and when you came in uh, today, you you flew in into Austin. Were you wearing your MAGA hat? I was not wearing my MAGA hat only because. <laughs> All of this hair needs to be flowing in the wind majestically, but I am currently wearing my Trump shirt 
And the best part for those of you who are listening may not be watching live. My hair is so long that it sometimes covers the TMP, so it says rum. So wherever <laughs> I go, I've got supporters. They either see him or they see rum. So I mean, I'm good. Like, hey, either rum or Trump. You know, we're good to go there. All right. So, all right. So you've gone around. You you've gone to Baltimore. You've gone to L.A. How yes. was it in Los Angeles? Los Angeles. So I want to make this very clear. Was worse than Baltimore. Really? It was worse. We picked up fifth D. Five zero tons of trash with just two hundred volunteers in nine hours. And see, I got to find out how do you how does that work logistically? Because yeah. that that's a lot of trash. Yeah, you know, you're talking vehicles, you're talking uh, people, you're talking where do we go dump this trash? Uh, and is it free to dump this trash? So, I mean, what is the logistics of this? Because we get this problem here in Austin. And the city, what they've done is, you know, they wait until there's a special event or something like that. And they'll go around. They'll actually clean up things for us. Then only when there's a special event because they want to make things look great. Uh, But outside of that, you know, it gets to be crazy around here. Not that bad. Not L.A. bad. Not Baltimore bad. But it gets bad. We're sitting here with Scott Pressler, hashtag the persistence. This is Michael Cargill. And you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Maj Touré. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're back and we're here with Scott Pressler. Hashtag the persistence. <laughs> I like saying that. Hashtag the persistence. <laughs> and Scott's traveling around the country. And he's cleaning up the homeless camps. He's here in Austin, Texas to help us clean up some of our camps here. Uh, we got a lot of trash here. Not so much as uh, like it is in Baltimore and L.A. But Scott's telling us about all this tons and tons of trash that he's cleaned up around the country. And I'm just wondering, how do you do that logistically? Well, first, you just mentioned my hashtag. I want to tell you how that came about because the left is all about resistance, right? And being regressive. Persistence means to continue on despite resistance. So we're all about progress, moving forward, being positive. You know, here's kind of how it works. You identify an area that needs love. And unfortunately, uh, dump yards charge you per ton to dump and their sites. So when we went to Baltimore, I paid $1,500 out of my own pockets for dumpsters. No help from the city. And in fact, they denied our permits after we cleaned up 12 tons of trash in 12 hours. So literally three days we applied for them. Then after we go into the city and we went, whatever, I'm going to do it anyway. We cleaned up the trash and then we get an email the next day saying your permits have been denied. 
girl, we were already there <laughs> in your city. The incompetence is just huge. So, you know, uh, we've been fortunate that sometimes people have been donating dumpsters after the fact when they realize I've got the manpower. I know what I'm doing. I know how to organize. But you need gloves. You need masks. You need, if you're going to Los Angeles with potential bubonic plague, potential wow. typhus, potential leprosy. No, I'm not kidding. This isn't the medieval times or the biblical times, but we have potential bubonic plague and leprosy in L.A. Right. But we had full hazmat gear from head to toe that we wore. And there was one man who uh, ended up losing his foot because he stepped in something on the streets of L.A. and he had to have his foot removed. So we weren't playing around. Oh, wow. One Angeles. of the volunteers? One of the volunteers, not mine, <laughs> not Scott Pressler's volunteers, but a, a minister who was delivering food and, and water to the homeless community prior had stepped in something and he ended up losing his foot because of something that bacteria, deadly uh, bacteria. Wow. I know. So when I read that story, I was like, uh-uh. I said, I'm not playing around with this. That is scary. That really is yes. scary. Well, how do these cities not appreciate what you're doing? Well, I think the people do. It's not the elected officials who didn't come. It's not the cities, but the people. There's been a groundswell of support. And in fact, I have so many re requests from people to go to Detroit, Miami, Houston, Dallas, Boston, and that's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna spend the next year of my life not only registering new voters, but going into every major urban city, and I'm gonna show these cities what other people haven't, and that's love, and attention, and respect, and dignity. And I feel like that's my opportunity with the platform I have of 368,000 followers. What good is having all these likes and retweets unless I use it to do good? So that's why I'm here, Michael. I wanna do good. And so logistically, you know, you're saying the city of Baltimore didn't help one bit, not at all. I will say, because I give credit where credit's due, the first two times we got no help. The third time after we embarrassed the city. the city. They should be embarrassed. They should be embarrassed that a guy from Virginia had to come into Maryland in order to pick up the trash. But you know what the best part is? When we're sitting out there and we've got this giant dumpster that's completely covering half the street, all the people coming by are saying, thank you. Right. Thank you, all of the residents. And so I invite them. I say, well, come out. <laughs> right. Join us. Be here with us. And I'll never forget one moment. And, you know, I don't want to make everything political, but but it is. My being there as a Republican in the city of Baltimore, where the failed leadership has last allowed trash to pile up, I think speaks volumes. And this one woman came by and she said, thank you for being here. And I said, well, ma'am, we're proud of the city of Baltimore. And she said, to prove Donald Trump's a liar. And I was like, oh, I said, well, I want you to know that it was President Trump who actually inspired me to be here in the city of Baltimore. <laughs> it was President Trump bringing national attention to the city is why I'm here in this act of love. I want to show people love, respect, dignity. And it totally changed her mindset when I said that to her. And she said, oh, that's beautiful. I said, we're here because of the president. And we're planting seeds. I'm planting seeds one at a time just by showing positivity. And you're also registering voters. Yes. How's that working? Great. So I was just at Texas Tech yesterday, baby. Guns up. And we Guns had a up. great. No, let me tell you. I'm so sorry. I apologize to the people of Lubbock, Texas, because I brought the cold with me <laughs> yesterday. And it was so bitter. But we were outside and we were registering voters. We registered 27 new voters nice. in two hours simply by showing up, simply by having a table. 
And we did have delicious Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, nice. So <laughs> I think that might have helped a little bit, although they were cold. And then afterwards, we did a voter registration training right there. And here in the state of Texas, you have to be deputized. So we had the elections officers come in to deputize all of these students. Nice. So the work that I'm doing is working and is registering new voters and is planting seeds for 2020. Nice. And, and you're traveling around uh, different cities here in, yes. in Texas, not just Austin, not just Lubbock. Uh, where have you gone so far? Have you been to Dallas? I sure have. I How's was in Dallas? Dallas with the Jewish conservatives with Colonel Allen West. Woo, nice. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm a headliner with the colonel. I was like, Lord, have mercy. This is awesome. Absolutely. And no, it was cool. You know, just like me, I'm a gay Republican. And here you have all of these Jewish conservatives together who the Democrat Party wants to believe that we don't exist or we're like a chupacabra or a unicorn, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but it was just great. Now, what, what do you say to people that, you know, that ask, well, that will say, well, how can you be a gay Republican and, you know, with all the things that Donald Trump's doing to uh, to the LGBTQ community? Sure. Oh, I have a great answer for this one. Well, number one, President Trump respects my constitutional right, and it's appropriate I'm on the show, to keep and bear arms because I truly believe that armed gays don't get bashed. And if somebody wants to harm me or my family or any of my friends, then I have the ability to protect and defend my life with the Second Amendment. And that's something that I don't get from the Democrat Party. Beto wants to take my guns away from me. He says he will come and take it. And I say, okay, let's come and talk it. Let's go. I'm here with Michael. Come on, let's go, baby. That's right. And uh, the biggest thing for me is after the Pulse nightclub terrorist attack, because here's what people aren't talking about. Uh, Omar Mateen, the, the terrorist. His father was an FBI informant. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. His father was an FBI informant, and Omar lied to the FBI. And unlike Michael Flynn, who was prosecuted and still is being prosecuted uh, for lying to the FBI, Omar never was, never was jailed. And here's the guy that unleashed fury against us and killed 49 LGBTQ uh, Americans at a gay nightclub. And I thought to myself, wow. Why aren't we making sure that there's an extreme vetting process to make sure that people coming into our country just don't want to harm us, love our Western way of life, love uh, gay Americans and women, and want to make sure that we have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all Americans. So I firmly respect that President Trump wants an extreme vetting process to make sure that people coming into our country just simply don't want to hurt me. And I feel like that's a pretty low bar. Right. I feel like, you know, just don't hurt me. Don't kill me. That's a low bar. Right. That's not asking a lot. And I believe in low taxes. I believe in a limited government. I believe in that I have the right to do whatever I want in the comfort of my home so long as it doesn't infringe on anybody else. These are the reasons why I'm a gay Republican. But I want to make it very clear. I am an American citizen who happens to be gay. I am not a gay American. I'm an American first. You know, you're telling me that you're a law cap Republican. Yeah, yeah, I support them. I support the Logcab. We're working with them in Chicago. All right. For a tangent, I've got to go on a tangent. Get this. We're going into MAGA country. We're going into Jesse Smollett territory. Uh We're going into Chicago. And I will. I will be getting a Subway sandwich at 3 o'clock in the morning, a meatball sub in the bitter bitter, bitter tundra, the cold. No, I'm just kidding. With all due respect, we are going to go into Chicago to show some love and respect. And people are like, Scott, don't go. You're going to get shot. And then what's your stance on the Second Amendment? As I mentioned earlier, I'm a firm 
believer in my right to keep and bear arms. It is my constitutional right. It is the Second Amendment. And that's what the founders were trying to say. Freedom of speech is so important. And then the next most important is a right to keep and bear arms. I don't want America to become the rest of the world. I don't want America to become the UK where people are disarmed, where they are, you know, defenseless. It is so important that we do everything in our power to keep our Second Amendment. We fight for it tooth and nail, respectfully. And then do you have any firearms, any guns at all? I actually, shockingly, I don't own any firearms. Okay, we got to take care of that, Scott. I know. And I want to get my concealed carry, too. Gotta, Even though in the great state of Texas, I know we can open carry here. Is that right? But you need a license. But you need a license. Yeah. So we, yeah, so can you take me out? Let's go shooting. Yeah, we're gonna, cool? we need to take a shooting. Take it to the range. Okay. Zach? We got it. We got it. Got, got my gun in your truck. We got the AR oh. and the vehicle now. Okay. That's right. We got there. Yeah, we take it to the gun range and take a shooting. <laughs> I'd really like that be before fun. you make it to the uh, back to the airport there and catch your flight. All right. So, uh, man, I'll tell you what. Thank you, Scott Pressler. Really appreciate you coming in and flying in and just running into the studio so quick. I really appreciate that. Uh, love the work that you're doing around Thank the country. I uh, love the fact that you're traveling around different cities here in the state of Texas and helping us actually register voters. Yes. That's really important because this next election is really important. You know, we're talking uh, next year, we're talking, we're going to elect, you know, either reelect our president or elect a new president. So it's important that we get out there and register voters. Yes. And I want to make this very clear. If people are listening and you are a supporter of our president, President Trump will not win in 2020 unless we register new Republican voters. And that needs to be said. That's what Hillary Clinton went wrong in 2016. While Donald Trump was going into the black churches of Detroit, Michigan, trying to grow the base, Hillary Clinton wasn't doing pressers and she wasn't doing any rallies. So we have to grow in order to win in 2020. And you have something that, you know, that's on your... Your Twitter page there are 3.6 million black kids in poverty. You know, why do Democrats choose illegal aliens first? Yes. And nobody is ever able to answer that question for me. You know, uh, Democrats will be the first one to put up their fist in black power and say black lives matter. But I think talk is cheap. And that's why my motto is stop talking, start doing. And while the Democrats are letting cities fill up with trash and give sanctuary to illegal immigrants well it takes a gay republican to come into democrat cities and take out the trash mm, let that sink in for you ladies and gentlemen that's scott pressler <laughs> this is michael cargill and you are listening to come and talk it this is Coley on noir and you're listening to come and talk it with michael cargill could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Okay, we're back with the Wasserman Brothers. Let me tell you, you know, these guys are the Pot Brothers out of California. They're a law firm. They're also a, they're a guest on the radio show. They have their own radio show. And they actually, you know, have a lot of videos online where they're talking about, you know, what you should do, what you should not do when you interact with law enforcement. So let me welcome to Come and Talk It, the Pot Brothers at Law. Welcome to Come and Talk It. 
Thank you very much. We are uh, happy to be here. This is Mark and Craig, big brother. All right. And so, man, and so you guys, you know, you guys are, you know, famous. I don't know if you know this or not, even in Texas, you know, we're all here in Austin, Texas, and you guys are famous for telling people, you know, how to respond, you know, when they're stopped by law enforcement, maybe they have some weed on them or something like that, you know, and, and this, we're a gun talk show. So we get into, you know, firearms and stuff like that. That's everything about firearms. And we also get into the laws and also, you know, the federal law when it comes to people having a medical medical marijuana card and all that stuff. So, you know, you, give, you know, give my listeners some advice on what they should do if they ever stop by law enforcement. Let's say you have an unregistered gun. I don't know what the laws are out there, but let's just say you have an unregistered gun. When you are stopped by law enforcement, it boils down to those 25 words that we call the script. And if used politely, and that's that's all people should do. Don't be intimidated into asking, you know, answering questions. Why'd you pull me over? I'm not discussing my day. Am I being detained or am I free to go? If they detain you, you 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 say I invoke the fifth, and then you STFU. You shut the freak, the freak up. <laughs> we do, we do that. I mean, and that's really the simplest, the simplest way we've come up with with that script in order to either diffuse, not allow things to get out of hand and utilize your constitutional rights, you know, and, and, and a lot of, there's a couple of videos going around with a cop breaking someone's car. Cause he wouldn't tell them why he pulled them over. The guy in the car was 100% correct, but we caution. This is probably why we actually get DMS. We get calls from law enforcement all over the country. Cause we're not law enforcement haters. You have constitutional rights just like your gun rights, just like any other right you have, you live and breathe with it. So exercise it, but do it politely. And if the cop's wrong and he tells you to get out of the car when really he has no right to because he hasn't told you what you've done wrong, you just get out of the car. If you really want to be one of those in the front, then don't. I, I applaud that. You know, but if you don't want to get yanked out of your car and who knows what to you, you know, and have a very good lawsuit later. <laughs> Because if you do what we say and they're going to whack you over the head because you said what we told you to say, I, I would love to have that case. You know, and law enforcement, they'll do the same thing as well. You know, if they're involved in like a shooting or something happens, they're going to exercise their right to remain silent and talk to their union rep. Yeah, right. Autom oh, yeah. Automatically. You know, it's just unfortunate that instead of law enforcement, you know, protecting our rights for the most part and, and going after the bad guys, the criminals, they play Russian roulette with when they pull people over. They're going to trounce on everybody's rights. because, And unfortunately, this is how they're taught. And we try to explain that. It's their job. I'm not making an excuse for it. But they are taught to a stop because you had a red light violation or a blinker out or a light over your license plate out. Just give them the ticket. No. Every pullover, they are taught to look for something else. Mm. Their job is to dig, and, and that's what they're going to do. And they're also, they can lie to you, you know. Law oh, yeah. You know, and I tell people that that's the hardest thing in the world for people to understand, that law enforcement can lie to you, but you cannot lie to them. Well, yeah, we, we say that all the time, don't lie, and that leads us right back to the script because you don't want to talk or say anything, and you don't want to lie, so you say, I'm not discussing my day. I'm not yeah. discussing anything. I mean, whether they asked you when you last drank, when you last smoked, when you last Find your gun. Where you going? Where you're going? Where you're coming from? What you're doing? What you had this morning? Why do you? 
Why do you look nervous? I'm not discussing my day or evening, sir. It's really that simple. And a good favorite one the cops like to do is say, oh, you want to do that? Okay, well, I'm going to call the dog. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make you stay out here for three hours. Uh, you know, otherwise, you know, just tell me what I need to know and you'll be on your way. Yeah, and that usually doesn't end well. And you see that on like uh, shows like the first 48 hours where, you know, they get this person in the room or something in the first 48 hours. They don't have anything on that person. And I'm not trying to teach someone how to get away with committing a crime. But I'm saying we agree. Is, We're not, know, that's not <laughs> us either. That's not the point. Exactly. You know, they have you in that room and they're questioning you. You can actually confess to something that you didn't even you didn't even have anything to do with. Yeah, correct. Without that's even why. knowing that you're what you're saying is incriminating yourself. I mean, if if anything, the, the, the final of our script, which is the STFU hashtag STFU, if nothing else, just go mute. Go mute, and if they say get out of the car, you get out of the car. If they say put your hands behind your back, you put your hands behind your back. Even if they had no reason whatsoever, it's not the time to fight it. It's not going to end well. Right, not on the side of the road. No, that never, and we've seen that time and time again lately where the people who are on the wrong side of that are in the, are in the right. But unless you want to be that guy who really wants to stand up and doesn't care that he takes a beating, I, I applaud that. But in the hopes of getting people not to get beat up and shot, we give our advice that, you know, you be cool, respectful, and initiate your rights and know your rights. And if they get mad over that, there's nothing you can do anyways. Sue them later because of the dash cam, the video cam. We can't wait to see that. But every time we see people starting off down that path, I'm not discussing my day or why'd you pull me over and the cops don't want to play, then it escalates to something worse that we say just... Just comply. As hard as that is, like, you know, unless they want to do civil disobedience, you know, if they want to be those, be that one who's going to, you know, not, not care. What's the name of you guys' radio show? Cannabis Talk 101. And what do you guys talk cannabis on Cannabis Talk? talk? 101. It's all things cannabis. We do cannabis news. We do cannabis, I mean, serious news. We do cannabis uh, business impact. We do cannabis, what we call who's making waves, things in the industry, newcomers, new companies. And my brother does stuff about uh, when cannabis goes bad. When cannabis <laughs> goes bad. You can find us on IG at Cannabis Talk 101, CannabisTalk101.com. Um, you can listen to us on the website. And also Wednesdays at 6 o'clock, we are live. Hear us live stream all across the world on KOCIRadio.com. We try to liken our, if you go look at us, you'll see our set. And we try to liken ourselves to the CNN of cannabis. A lot of cannabis talk shows, but nothing in the realm of what we what we're bringing. So, what happens when cannabis goes wrong? Well, when, when <laughs> cannabis goes bad, we we take stories uh, out of, either right out of the headlines from newspaper articles and other other media stories, or consultation calls that we get from people who uh, are you know either driving around with cannabis or growing cannabis. Mm. And then they get raided or otherwise arrested, uh, some people wrongfully. And it all usually starts with that traffic stop where during the course of the story, I can point out that had you done this, you probably would have just left with a ticket. But you didn't. And now you're looking at felony charges and a whole bunch of other things. And, uh, and that's when cannabis goes real bad. <laughs> As, as we say, but uh, yeah, we have a fun time doing the show. Our, our co-hosts, uh, the guy who created, created it, Blue, Christopher Wright, he's uh, uh, been in the cannabis industry and the uh, music industry for, for most of his life. He was a rapper back in the day. And then uh, 
We got our other big host, Joe Grande, who uh, was formerly of Big Boys uh, Neighborhood out here, one, uh, Power 106, and he worked with Ryan Seacrest and NBC Sp uh, Fox, Sports Network, and all that stuff. So we are uh, actually uh, soon should be hitting uh, the iHeart platform. We're partnering up with iHeart to uh, bring our show over there and really bring it global. Oh, okay. And then as far as your law firm, you know, how does that work in, you know, what you guys do from day to day? That, that's got to keep you busy as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Pop Brothers at Law, it's just me and my brother. We've been uh, collectively practicing for over 50 years. Uh, my big brother's got 30 some odd years in. I've got over 20, 23. And between us, we pretty much cover everything in the cannabis space. I've been practicing criminal defense since 1996 when Prop 215 uh, in California came out and gave cannabis patients their rights. So I was dealing with people getting arrested as soon as I started. My brother's been doing uh, civil uh, business litigation and, and corporate counseling and, and contracts and all that kind of stuff for 30 years. And so when cannabis started turning into a business, we just, unlike most firms out there, we handle everything from getting permitted, licensed, the city, state, compliance, up to if you get arrested. Because people, even with state licenses, there are people who still get arrested and have to go through the, the process and, uh, you know. Because it's not really it. legal. It's not really legal Whoa. in any uh, United States. I'm confused. I'm confused. I thought, you know, I was under the impression that in California, cannabis was legal. So you your no, job no, should no, be, your no, job should be funny, easy and boring. It's funny. It's funny you say that because you know how many, this is probably really good for your listeners. Um, people who go out there don't know that. And then. You're, what, what's going to happen is you're going to buy an ounce, you're going to buy two ounces, and you're going to, yeah, it's legal, so I'm going to take it back with me. You're going to end up in our office out of the airport courthouse for trafficking and exporting marijuana. Felonies. Felonies. Wow. So it's not, as, it's not as legal as people make it out to be. It's legal if you have under 28 grams without a medical recommendation, then it's legal to possess. And that's it. If you have more than an ounce, you can still get a misdemeanor. We're talking with the Wasserman Brothers. We're talking with Pop Brothers at Law. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins, Breitbart News, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Back with the Pot Brothers out of California, the Wasserman Brothers. First, I got to correct you, though. Pot Brothers at law were very uh, 
picky about that because there's lots of brothers out there who just smoke pot. <laughs> uh, and we, we like to distinguish ourselves as the pot brothers at law because we are lawyers. We both smoke pot. And it's all true. We are brothers, lawyers, smoking pot, pot brothers at law. Now, do you guys work at all with the uh, your your state legislature? You know, the capital there. No, no, we really don't do that. We're not we're not into the politics of it. I mean, we do back some people with our social media presence. We'll we'll back certain initiatives and measures, but you know, I leave that to the politicians. And I don't think I could do it because the politicians are so. I can't even say the word on FM or AM radio. <laughs> Um, how messed up they are the politicians i wouldn't have the patience to deal with these idiotic moronic they're all in the same boat we have a majority 38 i think or even more states that have medical and half a dozen have have adult use what are these senators doing that come from those states that have legalized it how come that has not changed at the federal level who do they represent they're not representing their state. They're representing certain people of the state, you know, but not the majority who passed laws and passed initiatives, or even better yet, the state government passed the law, not even a, an initiative process. And that's been kind of nice to see. We started out here in California as an initiative process, and then a lot of the other states coming online are doing it by way of legislative agenda. Now, are you guys having the same problem that, that uh, Colorado's having as far as the money aspects of it since, you know— it's not legal under the federal law. Are you allowed to, are those dispensaries allowed to deposit their money into the bank, which is federally backed? Well, some of the banks do allow it. We learned some stuff about the financial crimes unit called FinCEN rules, and it's know your client. So if a bank wants to take the chance, they actually aren't technically precluded, but they have to have this certain oversight to make sure that money's coming from a legal source in a legal state, that someone who's licensed it's not the easiest thing to get a bank account anymore. It's tough. A lot of it's done in cash. It's really dangerous. It's stupid. It's it's just stupid on the federal part. You're missing a lot of money. People are, money's getting diverted. It's getting, you know, the, the, they're missing out on the taxes at the federal level. You know, your normal taxes that anybody would be taxed on at the, at the federal level. You know, hopefully they're going to, hopefully the Senate's going to pass the Safe Banking Act. Now, what about cryptocurrency? Are you seeing people actually switch to cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, or something like that to do their transactions with? Not that we've seen. The, the way these companies are set up, a lot of them are set up with management companies now that there's a licensed business attached. And most of our money processors, credit cards, with the right LLC management company, they can pretty much get money processing done not that difficult. Okay, but it still, but it still is an issue. Now, tell me about uh, like uh, as far as some of your cases, without naming any names, one of the the situations that one maybe a client has been in that you wish, like, man, how in the world did you do that? Why did you, you know, how did you get yourself in this predicament? Well, we just we recently one of the biggest bigger cases we had started. Uh, wow, I guess it's been almost two years now, close to that a year and a half. We represented a licensed distribution company, Wild Rivers Transport, out here in California fully licensed, city permit, state license. They made a delivery They came from up north to LA, dropped off uh, you know, pounds and pounds of uh, cannabis to, uh, to, from a cultivator, licensed cultivator to a licensed storefront, picked up uh, the cash for it, put it in their safes. There was $255,000 in cash in, in the locked safes as required. They drive back up north, and they get pulled over by the CHP for an alleged mud flap violation. 
which was bull uh the police ultimately uh said they smelled which of course the truck was full of pot you know earlier in the day but nothing was in there now except the money the cops went in did an illegal search took bolt cutters to the safes took the $255,000 stole it and then handed it over to the Department of Homeland Security now that little snafu right there gave us a clue that something shady was kind of going on because under what's called the Warbacher Blumenauer Rider to well, it's actually now the Warbacher McClintock. I'm our Blumenauer McClintock. Warbacher's gone. The Rider to the Spending Bill, which has been in effect since 2014, that says if you're in a state that allows cannabis businesses to operate and you are doing it properly with your state license and city permits, then the federal government cannot interfere interfere and spend money prosecuting those who are doing it right. And actually, it's the Department of Justice, not the federal government itself, but the Department of Justice. And since the Department of Homeland Security is not an arm of the Department of Justice, completely different, they gave it over to them. Mm. So they, they, and what happens is when there's what's called equitable sharing, when a local agency like the CHP takes money like that, gives it to the feds, and ultimately you're not able to recover it or get it back, the agency that recovered it first gets 80% of it. So they are incentivized across the nation to do things like this in hopes of uh, getting a piece of that pie. Now, we went in, we fought it. We did the civil uh, asset forfeiture to get everything back. And ultimately, we were able to get everything back not too long ago. We got all the money returned because when we filed our papers in court, the federal prosecutor couldn't show up because they're not supposed to spend money against those companies that are doing it properly. And, you know, our, our clients had all the permits and licensing and everything like that. So we ultimately got all the money. But that was a situation, like we were saying earlier, they had their state license, city permit, and they got arrested. They were kept in custody for six hours in handcuffs and all the whole nine yards. And, you know, their business was destroyed, uh-huh. basically. I mean, yeah, we got the money back after a year and a half of fighting, but... No cannabis business wanted to use them because they felt like they had a target on them. Okay, but, but better yet, tell them just real quick the last one we got where people get themselves into messes that they didn't need to. I get a call the other day from a guy, and he talks about first thing he says is, I know I was supposed to STFU. I thought just being honest with the police would be better because I've always been honest with them. And he was driving around in an area up here at Laguna Beach, and he went on to tell me that over the past two years, for variety of reasons, he'd been pulled over six times, six times by the police. Each time they told him, "What you know, we smell the marijuana. What, how much you got? What is it? What's here?" And each time he said, "I showed it to them, and they said they didn't care. They just wanted to make sure I wasn't drunk or high driving around. They didn't care about the the cannabis." And so, and we and we tell people don't play that Russian roulette. Stick to the script every time, no matter how nice the cop may seem. Go you, on, my little brother. Go on. Finish. You never know what cop you're gonna get. So he gets. So it happens to him again a couple days ago, and he goes through the same routine that he's used to. And this time, the cop says, "Well, where is it?" And he says, "It's here in the center console. It's uh, I have about two ounces, which 
In California, as we just said, you can only have up to an ounce unless you're a medical patient. And so right there, he admitted to having more than that, which gave the cop the right to search anywhere he wanted in the car, which the cop did. What did the cop find? 20 pounds of marijuana, oh, wow. eight pounds of cocaine, a bunch of LSD, a bunch of meth, a bunch of molly. This guy's looking at eight felonies that um, he was pulled over for a busted taillight. And he should have walked away with a uh, busted taillight ticket to get fixed. Wow. Uh, but I... he wanted to be nice and tell the truth. Well, he wasn't telling the truth, obviously. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's that's really a key key point to to put out there is that yeah you may be one of these people who you've gotten out of speeding tickets for a variety of reasons and whatnot but you never know which cop you're gonna get it's like my brother said it's russian roulette you're better off just sticking to the script and not ratting on yourself and utilizing your rights and 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 being kind polite and uh you know not more often than not you're going to get that traffic ticket, which we say that's your goal. You see those lights behind you. And again, you know, we're not talking to people who are swerving all over and impaired and should not be driving. Just every day who might have a couple drinks, might have a couple hits or whatever. And you know, you're okay to drive. You're not impaired. You're responsible. You see those lights. You should think, okay, I'm going to get some kind of traffic ticket or maybe a warning. That's your goal. And the way to reach that goal is to uh, stick to the 25-word script, which we're happy to uh, re review for you if you'd like. Yeah, please, give me that clean version. All right, we got the clean version. It goes, Big Brother, when the cops first pull you over and come up on you, what do you say? Why'd you pull me over, sir? And then when they start asking questions, what do you say? Not discussing my day, sir. And when they keep asking questions? Am I being detained or am I free to go? And if detained, what do you say? Sir, I'm invoking my fifth. And then what do you do? I STFU or shut the freak up. Done. That's it. And that's the script. That's, that's the, script. the script. And that's and it. That's the tip of the day. And you've heard it right here. The Pop Brothers at Law. That's right. That's it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I want to thank the, uh, the Pop Brothers uh, for coming oh, on today. You. The Wasserman Brothers. Uh, Pop Brothers at Law. And telling us, uh, you know, giving us a little story of what's going on out there in California and, and how they're helping um, the people of California get through their day and get home, you know, to to celebrate and live the next day. I want to thank you guys for coming on. Thank you, guys. All right. My thank pleasure. You. Thank you. As always, <laughs> more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. <laughs> you listen to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.